Take your Bible, if you would please, turn with me to the book of Mark, the little book of Mark, chapter number one. So good to see you today. We have a visitor here today, and he said, I come to hear some good preaching. I started to go home and let somebody else do this. And I said, it may not be good, but it will be preaching. And it won't be because the effort has not been made. This church was founded 26 years ago on the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, Everything that's been built has been built around preaching. The Bible said, by the foolishness of preaching, God has chosen to save those uh, that believe. And I believe that, don't you? Well, now, just loosen up a little bit. You know... The Olympics is about over. And a cow, a cow, no, it was the Rangers pulled a squeaker. I guess, I don't know, I was praying when it was going on. I never watched that sinful carnal stuff. Unless my wife's at home and absolutely forces me to watch it. Uh, Let me give you my sermon title tonight and then come, would you? Here it is. Ready? Like things, love people, serve God. Where we get in trouble when we get that switched around. When we start loving things, we start serving things. And our things begin to compete with God. And so tonight, if you'll come, uh, you say, where'd you come up with the title? None of your business. As far as you know, it's original. (laughs) Me and God knows better. I stole it someplace, but I thought it was an awful good title. Mark chapter number one, we're doing a series of messages in the book of Mark. Be in prayer very soon. We're going to begin to live stream all of our services. And that means as, uh, as the service is going on, all over the world, they can just watch it as it's happening. It don't have to be canned and put here or there, but during the service. If Brother Pickett pulls one of them trick the preacher's deals, then around the world, they'll get to see me to kick Pickett where the sun don't shine. <laughs> and if Jim bumbles uh, uh, the announcements, that's fine. Nobody's coming for Korea anyhow. Right, so be in prayer about that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of technology and a lot of um, uh, I guess it is uh, to me. It's just a lot of money that we got to buy all this stuff to bring this up to date, so we can shove it out yonder so folk can watch it. But be in prayer that we do that, folks, because I think the time is short. We need to be preaching the gospel. A clear presentation of the gospel need to be presented every time. That somebody comes to church and comes to hear the word of God. Amen. In your Bible, Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, I don't know if you mark in your Bible or not. But if you do, you can underline that, the Son of God. It'll be very significant as we go along this morning. And I'll keep you... Up to date what time it is. It's a quarter after 11. 
and the voice of one crying in the wilderness. <laughs> Nobody looked. <laughs> it's 1030. And the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John baptized, and John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water. That must mean that there must be enough water to go down into For him to come up. And he saw the heavens open. And the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying. Thou art my beloved son. Now there you underline that phrase if you like. Thou art my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. And immediately, and immediately, the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. Our Father today, quicken our minds, quieten our souls just a little while, young and old alike. Lord, we all stand in the need of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God's Son. And the devil and this world and liberals and modernists will do everything in the world to discredit the Son of God. Because without the Son, there is no life. Without the Son, there is no future. And so, Lord, today, help us as we struggle through this passage. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. John uh, the Baptist was quite an individual, quite a sight to look at, I'm sure. But if you notice as Mark begins to take us through the life of our Lord, 
He doesn't hang many roses for us to smell as we go by. He is very brief. He is very active, uh, very confrontive. Uh, Mark is writing a book of doing. Matthew wrote a book of teaching. Mark only takes one verse. Look at this. One verse. Verse 13. And was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. One single verse to describe the monumental and mysterious spiritual battle that began in the Garden of Eden as it continued until this very hour and will continue it until Jesus comes again. One verse. Mark is a kind of individual that says, let's get on with it. And he takes that one verse and describes for us that spiritual battle that is raging not only in our lives, but in the life of our Lord and in this supernatural uh, atmosphere above us where that there are wars. And, uh, and uh, if you and I could see, we are fighting a spiritual battle. And the Bible says that Jesus was confronted of the devil. The temp- By the way, this is not the origination of temptation. It's been around a while. You know, temptation even got here before the internet pornography. Before the rapid materialism that you and I are caught up in. And before the online gambling and all of that. And uh, by way of introduction, let me notice just a couple of things here in the text, if you would please. Notice in the first place, when Jesus was tempted. Look at this now. When he was tempted. Many times we say, go to church, we make decisions and we say, hey, everything's fine now. I got everything right with God. I laid it all on the altar of God. I turned around, walked away. Man, I'm right with God. That devil will leave me alone now. Surprise, surprise, surprise. On the heels of our Lord's greatest spiritual accomplishment. On the day of his baptism, on the day of being anointed with the Spirit of God from on high, on the day he was ushered into his spiritual ministry, that very day, the Bible said, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. When you think the devil can't touch you, that is when the devil has you. On the very heels, ladies and gentlemen, of our Lord's greatest spiritual climax, the Bible says that the Spirit drove him, drove him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Where was Jesus tempted? Verse 12, we see When in verse 12, we see where in verse 12, the Bible said, and immediately the spirit drave him, driveth him into where? Somebody tell me. The wilderness. 
Could I please advise you on something? It didn't have to stay wilderness with Jesus there. He's the one that created the garden where Adam and Eve was placed. He's the one that spoke the word and the flowers bloomed. He was the one that spoke the word and the birds began to sing. He's the one, bless your heart, that made the Garden of Eden an absolute paradise. He could have spoke the words and the desert would bloomed like a rose. But he did not. The desert carries the fingerprints of the devil. Dead. Dry. Barren. Burning. This is the devil's workshop. Not the Lord's workshop. And he was taken to the Judean wilderness. Some 35 miles long. Starting at the Red Sea. Almost extending to the Jerusalem. The wilderness. Not just any place. Temperatures. And the Judean wilderness ranges between 120 and 125 degrees. We could go over there and feel like a cool front just came through in Texas. It was there. The spirit, not the devil yanking and pulling and dry and, and begging. The spirit drove him into the domain of Darkness and dryness and ugliness and heat. Terrible place. When? Right after he'd been anointed. Where? Dry. Hurting. Burning. Dead. Wilderness. Most Baptists come to church, look like that's where they've been living all week. No smile. No shout. No tear. Their spiritual life is dry, drab, barren. Preacher, hurry up and get through. I want out of this wilderness. Preacher, it's 12. Don't you know? It's time. Uh, I need to get back to my wilderness. Oh, listen to me now. You wouldn't get mad at me on Sunday, would you? Please wait till p.m. service. Don't get mad at me on the a.m. service. We're not supposed to make people mad at the a.m. service. That's tonight. (laughs) When? Right on the tail of his highest spiritual experience. Be careful, child of God. If the devil tried it with Jesus, you put her down, he'll try it with you. Where? He'll take you to the dark, dingy, dirty place of divorce place of a hospital bed and the doctor says it's malignant. A place of an automobile accident. Down to jail to visit one of your kids. Listen to me. Devil's not dead. 
He knows where to make a visit. But why? Why would the sinless Son of God be driven by the Holy Spirit of God into the domains of the anti-God and there be tempted 40 days and nights without end? No reserve. No between the rounds. No coffee breaks. Forty days and nights. Confronted head on with the master of all evil. The doctor and daddy of all the demons now. Face to face. With Jesus Christ. And the question is. Who are you if you're the Son of God? If you're the Son of God. Mark heard Peter say in verse 1, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John the Baptist heard the Audible voice from heaven saying, this is my son. Why? We've discovered when. We've talked about where. Why did Jesus Christ have to face Satan head on for 40 days and 40 nights? Without any nourishment at all. Why? Time to wake up. I'm going to tell you why. You'd think to Mark it's not very important. One verse. To cover why. The master conflict of all the ages. Takes place. You'd have to buy this. On closed circuit TV. This is it. And Mark uses. One verse. Now Matthew. He uses more than one. Matthew uses 11 verses. I did that on purpose because three people was going to sleep and I wanted you to see if that light's going to fall off. Take just a minute, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter number four. Why? Why was Jesus driven of the devil or driven of the Spirit of God into the wilderness there To have a head-on confrontation with a master of evil. In the book of Matthew chapter number 4. For a little introduction, look at verse 17 of the last chapter. 
And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and was afterwards a hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. That's the question. That's what all the Middle East is fighting against. That's what ever liberal, ever modernist in the world is fighting against. That's what your Republican candidate for president does not believe. If thou be the Son of God. That's a question not settled yet, evidently. Couldn't anybody say amen? You say, well, I believe it. Do you live like it? Do you have his picture hanging on the wall or a big head of some left-handed batter? See, the question is, why was Jesus tempted of the devil? Number one on your notes, Jesus was tempted to reveal to us who he was. Muhammad wasn't there. Buddha wasn't there. Confucius wasn't there. It was Jesus there. And he is the one that is in question. If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. You're hungry? The chuck wagon has already come by 40 days ago. Father didn't pack you a lunch. He hadn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. If you're hungry, do something about it. Command those stones to be bred. If you're the son of God. Boy, sugar getting quiet around here. Would you help me a little bit? Because I need some fanning on the fire. Dear Lord, this cold spirit's about to quench it. Verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, Peter told Mark you were. John said he saw it over in John 1 and 18. John the Baptist said he witnessed it at the Jordan River. Prove it to me. Devil ask you to prove anything lately? Who's in charge at your place? 
I'm in charge. If you're the son of God, you ought to be in charge. Go ahead. and To what extent will the devil go to maim and tempt? Well, if you notice the next two or three verses, the devil even quoted the word of God to Jesus. And he grabbed a hold of the scripture out of the book of Psalms and said, don't you know it says in Psalms that if you jump off this pinnacle, that you cannot dash your foot on a stone if you're the son of God. Still not settled. The Spirit of God has descended from heaven. Heaven is opened. Lands on his shoulder. And God the Father said, That's my son! The devil said, I don't believe it. I wonder the neighbor who's living next to you, if they could testify that you believe that he's the Son of God. I just, I need to hurry and get this out of the way because um, see the problem is we talk like it, we just don't act like he's the son of God. We act like he's our servant instead of we being his servant. We talk like we could jump off the pinnacle and our God is so impressed with us that he'd catch us before we hit the ground. That's what the devil's got us thinking. Why, with remote control on your television, remote control on your automobile, And you women, remote control over your husband? You say, preacher, you're going too far now. No, tonight's when I make folk mad. This morning we're having a good time. If you're the son of God. Crazy, isn't it? I'll not take time to take you to the book of 1 Corinthians and talk about the contrast between the first Adam and the second Adam. You see, the first Adam uh, was in a beautiful garden. Eat anything you wanted. The second Adam was in the wilderness, hadn't eaten for 40 days. The first Adam failed miserably. The second Adam won victoriously. And in the first Adam, we all die. Even so, in the second Adam, Jesus Christ shall all be made alive. The devil is the daddy of death. Our Adam is the daddy of life. He was tempted so that he might, once and for all, reveal to us who he really was. And if he is who he said he is, then our all belongs to him. That means Sunday night at 6.30 and Wednesday at 7. 
Better go because I'll make somebody mad. And after this, the devil never asked him that again. In fact, the demons, when they saw him coming, I know who thou art. Oh, man of God, don't torment me. The devils recognized it and the demons declared it and the nature revealed it. And everywhere he went, never was it asked again, are you the son of God? Settled once and for all who he really was. Preacher, you about done. Yes. In a minute. Secondly, Jesus was tempted so he could relate to us where we are. Not where he wants you to be, but where you are right now. Do you want a God that can relate to you? Do you want a God that can feel your hurt? Do you want a God that understands your thirst? Do you want a God who understands pain? Do you want a God that was tempted in all fashions such as us? And yet, without sin... Take your Bible, if you would please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 2. Quickly. Quickly now. If we don't get out in time, it's because you don't turn fast enough. Don't blame me now. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> but i got to wait for you slow birds to get on over there. <laughs> you say, well, preacher, how are you coming? You ready? i got mine marked. <laughs> Hebrews now. Jesus was tempted so that he could relate to us where we are. Can I ask you a question? Has anybody here today got any troubles? Anybody today can relate to problems? Anybody today can relate to pain? Verse 17 of the book of Hebrews chapter number Now, get this, get this. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him. Now, for you folks who ain't been in the country very much, that behoove has probably got you all mingled up. It means necessary. Wherefore, in all things... It was necessary for him to made unto the likeness of his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted is able to succor them that are tempted. I've never been succored before 
So I thought it'd be nice to look in the dictionary and see what it means to be succored. And it means to be helped in a very needy and undeserved in time. So it was necessary for God to be made a man that he could relate to your pain and your pain and your hurt and my need. And Jesus Christ loved us so much that although he was God, it was necessary for him to be made like us that he might be a faithful high priest and reconcile us back to God being tempted in all fashions as we and yet Without sin. Don't tell me Jesus don't know how you feel. Don't tell me Jesus don't know how it feels to want to pass over something and not have to go through it. In the garden he said, dear God, if it's possible, let this pass. But if not, thy will be done. Yes, in my loneliness, when nobody understands, my Savior's been lonely in the wilderness before I got there. I wish I had time. I don't. But his was a threefold temptation. I'll give them to you real quick. Satan tried everywhere in the world to get Jesus to doubt God's provision. If you're the son of God, command those stones to be bred. When God's already said, I'm going to take care of you. Tell you what we need to do is just take things in our own hands. Take care of them. Why wait on God to do it? Why don't I just leave? That, that, that's what I need. I, I just need to leave. I, I don't need God to work. I'll just leave. Devil said, what you need to do now, Jesus, is you just doubt God's provision. If you're the son of God, you can have ham and eggs right now out of them rocks. What you need to do, Jesus, is take things in your own hands. I mean, you got a mind. You can think. You can rationally figure out how to do it. You just need to doubt whether God's going to take care of you or not. I don't hear any amens. Maybe a few old me's. Doubting God's provision. Secondly... He was getting Jesus to devout, to doubt God's protection. God said that you wouldn't put your foot on a rock. So let's just try this deal out. This is scriptural, Jesus. Get on top. If you're the son of God, just jump right off. Take everything in your own hands. God will take care of you. Go ahead and buy it. Go ahead and sign it. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
God will take care. How many Baptists create white elephants they can't ride? By cars they can't pay for. By houses they can't afford. Have kids they don't want to spend time with. Hello, come on, tonight's when you're supposed to get mad, not this morning. Then he tried to get Jesus to doubt God's promise. Verse 11 of the book of Matthew. Kind of like, yea, hath God said. If you'll just fall down and worship me. You just imagine now. The third temptation is the devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Did he not? Did he not? Did Jesus look at old Slewfoot in the face and say, they're not yours to give? Did he do that? He didn't say that because they were the devil's. That old song, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. The Bible said the devil is the God of this world. And he could have given Jesus at that very moment. Now listen. Hey, Bible, that's before Calvary. That's before Pilate's Hall and the Scourgings. That's before the plaid of the thorns in his head. That's before carrying the cross. The devil says, let's just take a shortcut. Jesus said, all of those are going to be mine one day. The devil said, what's wrong right now? What's wrong with you? Stepping out, being a success. Go ahead and take that job. Go ahead and leave that wife. She's holding you down. Go ahead and leave him. He's a dummy. Jesus, you can have it all right now. Are we having fun yet? All you got to do, you don't have to go to the cross. You can have it all right now. If you'll just make me your God. You'll just start listening to me instead of listening to God. You start doing what I want. Jesus, I'll give you all this right now. You say, preacher, I don't know what that has to do with me. Is there anybody here today that has ever taken matters into your own hands? Is there anybody here today just did it, signed it, (laughs) and took a chance with it? Is there anybody here today that ever taken the easy road? Christians are just like rivers. They always take... 
the root of lessic resistance. A preacher I've worked all week long. And Sunday is the only day that I get. Is that God's fault? Because you want to take God's day and prostitute it to your own selfish desires? You say, preacher, you're going to run the visitors off. Well, better now than later. If you're looking for a feel-good place, we'll do that tonight and Wednesday night. But this country is going to hell in a headbasket because everybody's wanting to take the easy way out and we want it right now. Well, that's the very reason Jesus was tempted of the devil to show you that God's way is always the best way. I've got to close. But I'm just going to give you the point. Why did Jesus have to be tempted of the devil? Number one, to prove to us who he was. Number two, to, to relate to us where we are. And thirdly, to reveal to us how we can be victorious in the face of temptation. I believe with all of my heart that we can be victorious over the temptations that comes our way. There's one thing I do know. It's not a sin to be tempted. You say, now how do you know that? Well, I read the Bible one time. And Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Says that he was tempted in all fashions such as us. You know the rest of the verse? And yet without sin. To be tempted is not a sin. Daddy told his boy, I know you're going down to the canal, so I don't want you to go swimming. Boy said, okay. Came back later, sopping wet with his bathing suit on. And the dad said, where have you been? He said, I've been swimming down at the canal. He said, I thought I told you not to go swimming. He said, but dad, I had my swimming trunks and I didn't want to waste them being there. Dad said, why did you take your swimming trunks? Kid said, just in case I wanted to go swimming. Nobody like that? If I was tempted to watch ugly, vulgar pictures on the internet, internet would not be in my house. If I was tempted to blow my temper 
and act like a macho meathead around a five foot two woman and be cruel to her. I'd give her karate lessons. And let her sleep with a shotgun. Twice barrel. (laughs) Temptation is not a sin. Secondly, there are no irresistible temptations. A preacher, you just don't understand. I don't have to. I know. There is no temptation but such as common to man. But God is faithful and with the temptation will make a way to escape. Jesus went to the garden, I mean went to the wilderness to show us we don't have to yield to temptation. I read a close. Temptation can be resisted only with this book. Every time Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Teaching us the necessity to commit in this book to memory. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not do what? Sin against thee. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. And the word of the Lord is right and his works are always done in truth. Now, where the wilderness? When? Right after Sunday morning service. Why? So that he could relate to me and you. So that he could show you and I once for all. He is not a sham. He is the son of God. And all of God's people said. I like that don't you. The life of Christianity consists of. Possessive pronouns. Listen. Christ is a Savior. You believe that? That's not not good enough for Christianity. It all summed up in a possessive pronoun. Listen. Christ is my Savior. Is he your savior? He's already proved once for all. He can be. That's up to you.